Ask a VC by Ryan Floyd. Thoughts on venture capital and growing your SaaS startup. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Floyd. I'm a managing director at Storm Ventures. We're an early stage B2B focused venture fund. Welcome to the new episode of my podcast series, Ask a VC, where I give advice to you to help you grow your SaaS business. Similar, I'd be sharing with you if I was an investor or advisor on the board of your company. I originally recorded most of these episodes as videos, which you can see on my YouTube channel, Ask a VC. So as a result, please excuse any visual references in the podcast, though I don't think there are many. I hope you enjoy. We're going to try something a little bit new today, and I've brought along a guest with me uh, to talk B2B uh, SaaS and some of the challenges you have in building your companies. With me is uh, Dominique Levin. She's uh, founder and co-CEO of Winning by Design, a consulting group that we work with very, very closely here at Storm. They do an amazing job of helping companies sort through their go-to-market strategy, sales strategy, putting together a marketing plan, and really thinking about how to get to that next level. And she's going to join me today to talk about leads. I hear from so many entrepreneurs, Ryan, I need more leads. How do I get more leads? And I get it. It's the fuel of your business. You need more leads to generate sales. So Dominic is an expert in leads. So tell me, Dominic, how do I get, what advice would you give me how to get more leads? Well, Ryan, first thing (laughs) is, I think it's the wrong question. I'm sorry. It's not really about leads. (laughs) You know, it's really about pipeline and opportunities and deals and sales that I'm trying to create for my business. And what's the difference? Imagine a company that takes 100 leads and converts it into one deal. Another company might take 20 leads and convert it into one deal. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal to marketing, but it's a huge deal to sales. Imagine it's a difference between having to staff for calling 100 people right, to create one deal or having to staff actual people time, people cost to convert 10 or 20 leads into one deal. So it's not just leads. I've seen too many companies where marketing hits their goals. It's, oh, we have so many leads. Wonderful. <laughs> and sales and no is missing. No sales is missing their numbers, right? right. right? So obviously. So it's, it's really, it's all about opportunities. Opportunities and, and pipeline. And op- so, and let's define some terms to make sure, make sure everybody knows what we're talking about. When we talk about an opportunity, we're talking about a sales opportunity. When we talk about a lead, we're talking about top of the marketing funnel before they convert into a sales opportunity. Right, so a lead is a hypothetical person, right, that looks on paper like a good fit for your solution, but no guarantee that this person will actually engage into a conversation with you about a potential deal, right? An opportunity is someone who basically you've had a conversation with and they've agreed to start exploring if a partnership, uh, potential, you know, sale of your product would be a right fit for right. them. So- it's not about leads, it's about opportunities. So what are like the common mistakes people make then in terms of trying to think about all of these leads? Like what are the ways to think about an opportunity? What, when you meet with all these companies, what are, you know, what are some things, like some just quick pieces of advice you can give to people to really think more about how to generate more of that you know, opportunity focus? Right, so first of all, the role of marketing is not to sell. The role of marketing really is just to start the conversation, right, so that's sort of one. Second, The common mistake is that, especially with a small team, 
marketing is trying to do too many things. It's really easy for marketing to check all the boxes and to do a hundred different things to try and generate leads and to accomplish absolutely nothing. So the key to lead gen, lead generation, is to figure out what works and really double down on that. And what works can be very different depending on where you are as a company and what kind of market you're operating in. Well, so let's take a step back. So that's good. So uh, double down on what works. Let's come back to that in a minute. Let's take a step back because I, I, sometimes I hear from founders, uh, you know, I don't have any leads. We're like, where do I start? Like, I've got this, you know, product. I've got this idea. Like, where, where do I begin? Like, how do I, how do I think about, you know, positioning this to people and just begin to attract people to what I'm doing? How, how would I think about that? So first of all, again, as I said, it depends on where you are as an organization. So there's some rule of thumbs. There's two fundamentally different situations you can find yourself in. Okay. One is, I'm in a very mature market. Mature market, okay. So if I'm in a mature market, it means that other people are already selling into that market. Right. So there's an existing demand stream out there. Right, so people the prob are, problem is clear, I know what it is. Uh, yeah. People are probably searching on Google for right. this thing, right? Oh, I need a new router. Oh, I need a new firewall, need whatever new the case may be. Yeah, right, right, right. So in that case, if you think about it, the nature of your lead problem is, how do I take that existing lead stream that is currently going to my competitors and whoop, bend it into my direction, right? So that's scenario one. So in that case, so, you're going to probably rely heavily on things like digital marketing, right? right? People are online, they're searching. I'm going to do search engine optimization. I'm going to maybe do some paid search. I'm going to do online content, social, to try and tell people, hey, new kid in town, we have a better, faster thing that you're looking for. Right, okay. Scenario so, two would be, I'm a brand new market. Brand new market. So two. think about how different that is, right? So if I am in a brand new market and I've just invented, uh, think about the early days of marketing automation. Right, great example. Nobody yeah. had ever heard of right. that. What, what right? is that? So yeah. early days of Marketo. Right. Nobody's looking for marketing automation. They don't even know what it means, right? So then investing in uh, paid search against marketing automation term would be a huge mistake. So instead, I have to try and find marketers, in this case, where they're hanging out. So I might do thought leadership by speaking at large conferences focused at uh, chief marketing officers. Or I might try and get uh, some of the industry publications to write about me um, and, and sort of find people where they're at. So that's a fundamentally sort of different lead gen strategy. Uh, before the before we started recording, we were talking about that great example of the the dancing man. You should, you should tell that tell that story. Yeah. I think it's a great. And when you think about a new market right. and convincing people how to think about it, it's it's a great analogy to have. And I think it's actually universal. What we're talking about here is like what kind of messaging resonates, right? So we now talked about what channels should I use, right? Should I speak at conferences and organize events or should I invest in online ads, right? Fundamentally different marketing strategies. One is good for existing markets, one is good for new markets. Right. But what is my message, right? How I convince people to click on my thing or to come to my event. And universally, people won't believe a word you're saying, right? So- They won't? They I'm sorry to break it to your eye, but as a vendor, 
you are not credible. They right. know that you're trying to sell something, right? So people are not following you. And there's a great video, uh, you can watch online, uh, lessons about how to create a movement from a dancing guy at a festival, right? right? So that guy starts <laughs> dancing in his underwear, I believe, at a festival, and uh, he's a lone nut dancing at a festival. It's very fine. We'll make sure we put a link to it in the, uh, in yes. the, in, in the notes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So nobody wants to follow him initially, but there's one person, for whatever reason, decides to start dancing with him, right? So this is what we call the first follower. In your case, or uh, this would be your customers, right? So the first person might be your friend that you've somehow convinced, right? Your acquaintance that you've convinced to buy from you. Um, so this is your first customer, your first follower. And soon you'll see in the video that all the other festival goers now get into it like, ooh, this is the cool thing. Right, right. And soon enough, you know, you'll be left alone uh, and behind if you're not dancing with this group, right? So the first follower turns the lone nut, right, into, um, into, into a genius. In, in, and this is your customer. So universally, if you want to try and get people to come to your event, to click on your ad, it's customer stories that will make them do that, right? Like people will hear and hear about others like them who have similar problems, and that is what will convince them to at least start a conversation with you. So in a new market, I'm going to try to <clears throat> basically evangelize what I'm doing and really to tell my story to get other people to come along with me in this movement. But it, you know. I think an interesting dynamic is it's not, it wasn't just the dancing man, it was all the other people that sort of did the convincing, so to speak, right? Exactly right. So, so how do you do that? Like, how do you get your customers to tell your story? I mean, if they don't believe me, then they have to believe my customers or whoever I'm working with, right? Yeah. How do you do that? So the customers often have a benefit to, it's about them, right? It's, it's really about making the customer the hero of the story. And in fact, I would recommend you, if you're gonna use a customer story, again, either put a customer on stage at an event or uh, publish a customer story online, make sure your customer never mentions your name. Ah. As soon as they mention your name or your product name, it. it becomes yeah. a pitch, Yeah, right. Right? right? As opposed to- Loss of all credibility. Loss yeah. of all credibility. Yeah. It's a story about me, how I, let's go back to that Marketo example. I'm the CMO, you know, in an organization trying to nurture my leads and to take my leads and turn more of my leads into deals. And I was the pioneer that took a bet on a new solution right. that, accomplish that, right? And to set me apart in the industry uh, from all my competitors. So it's really a story about me, the problem that I was having, maybe not enough of my leads were, you know, turning into anything, and me finding a creative new way to solve that. So you can talk about the functionality of your product there, right? You can say, uh, I, the CMO, found this this thing that we now call lead nurturing, and guess what it did? It took more of my leads and turned them into more deals. Uh, but I'm not gonna say, Marketo helped me turn my leads into deals. Well, right? what's it more, was me to see I mean, in that, that example too, like no one's gonna really know what marketing automation is anyway. Anyway, it's almost you, you if because if your customer tells the story, they're telling the problem, right? right? They're telling what the problem is, and that's where you'll find resonance. Right. Like another thing, you know, we've we've talked about in the past, and and I, I know as a strategy you guys use all the time is to really look for lookalikes, right? Mm -hmm. So so what does a lookalike mean? I mean, for someone that's trying to kind of build up you know, again, going back to how you create an opportunity and really thinking about better conversion, what, what is what, what is a lookalike? How do, you, how do you sort of think about think about that? So a lookalike is someone who, 
who is similar to me, and there's two things we talk about. Who's me? Fit. Me as the me as the buyer, right? The, the customer. prospective customer. Right. right. Uh, so you're looking for. So I have already a number of customers. Now I'm going to find more customers like that in two dimensions. One is fit, right? Are they um, similar in? Um, Demographic, firmographic, are they similar size, vertical, industry, whatever the case may be, uh, similar title. Uh, and then secondly, do they have similar pains? And that is really the most important thing. If you think about it, buyers buy with their emotion. They're going to hear a story and they go like, oh my God, I have that problem, right? And if that story is on that company's website, they probably can help me with that. So it's much more about um, resonance with similar people with similar problems rather than the ROI. And then it's counterintuitive, right? You want to talk ROI, but that comes later. Sales will take right, care of that. Right. It's marketing. Because back when you said it's about starting the conversation. Starting the it's conversation. It's about getting people interested in right. the problem and which will lead ultimately to the, the to solution. To the conversation right. and then and then sales will take that further. It's almost a cliffhanger, right? right. Think about your favorite right. shows like <laughs> da 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 here's this hero right. and they're just like me. And they're in a happy place right now, but they used to have a really big problem. Cut scene. Right? <laughs> right, right, now I right. have to talk to you, the company sales, right, right to actually uh, find out the rest of it. And that's actually a great uh, tactic. So we're talking about messaging now, I guess. Um, but that's a great um, tactic as content to put behind whatever campaign uh, you might have. So this whole concept of like you know value with the customer reminds me of uh, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and there's this. For for anybody that's seen seen the movie, if you haven't, it's a it's a it's a must watch movie with Alec Baldwin um, about sales, and it's this like high pressure boiler room sales, and it it's all about the product that they're trying to move. In this case, it's it's real estate. But what's great, it's just it's a misconception because it's not really how you sell. You sell against and you market against in this conversation against the problem that people are having. And what I really like about that is it demystifies this whole kind of your marketing and sales process because you can really focus on the problem. You don't have to come up with this magic wand to try and club someone over the head with why they ought to buy your solution because you're focusing on their problem. And people want to have conversations about the problems that they're having in business and how to do better. And that fundamental focus on problem really, I think, leads to value, which you know is a much broader topic, but that value ultimately then leads to, you know, sales and expansion and happy customers and, and, a, and a robust business. I want to go back though to, you know, the, the opportunities. There's, you know, we talked about mature markets and new markets. There's two, I think, uh, important distinctions too in marketing about inbound versus outbound. And we really haven't touched on that. And I, you know, I'm sure you feel a lot of questions about that. Hey, should I run an inbound strategy or an outbound strategy? If I'm just getting going, what advice would you have? Maybe for you, know, we talk about what is inbound, what is outbound, and then how, how do you think about which strategy makes sense against what kinds of opportunities? Yeah. So let's put it back into context of your Glenn Gary Ross, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross story. <laughs> right, right. It's a mouthful. Uh, it's all about value, right? Yeah. Which I agree with. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're watching this and you're in marketing, <laughs> let's demystify sales, indeed, right? So right, sales. Right is definitely not pushing products, right? Sales is about diagnosing a problem that a customer might have. Right. And you do that by asking questions, typically, and then telling stories about other customers that you've solved this problem for, full stop. And this is really helpful for marketing as well, right? So in the end of the day, I'm trying to figure out or find a group of people with a problem, and I'm trying to tell them stories about other customers, period, right? right. That's right. all of marketing. Now, inbound, interesting. So inbound means, 
people are coming to your website and sort of self-selecting, they might be clicking on some things you've published there and they come to you, they're knocking on your door as you will, right? So what you know now about these people is they probably have a problem, right? Because they come to you, they're searching. So they have a problem, but you don't know necessarily if you uh, can solve that problem, if they are a good fit, right. as you will, right? right? So maybe these people are, I don't know, using Google Analytics and you don't have an integration with Google Analytics, right? So that would be a bad fit customer. Right. Right. So in that scenario, it's, it's, it's useful to distinguish inbound means as marketing, I'm bringing people to my met site who have a problem. And now it's sales's job to filter out people that are a good fit for me or not. With outbound, it's almost the other way around. With outbound, I create a list of people that I know are a good fit. And like a target, like a target, a target prof list, a pro right. profile, yeah. Right? So yep. maybe anybody who's not using Google Analytics, if I don't integrate <laughs> right. with that. Right. Um, and now uh, I'm gonna try and figure out if those people have a need or a problem, right? And I'm doing that by, again, proactively reaching out to them, which could be a combination of sales and marketing. Um, so marketing could be, there's a lot of targeted strategies now at scale, right? I can, on LinkedIn, uh, advertise or push content to a named list of companies and people, right? So pre-selected target account list. Um, I can also ask sales to help, right? right? I think, especially if you're early, if you're early stage, leveraging sales development reps, sort of the telesales from yesteryear, right, to actually right. pick up the phone and just call this list is not a bad strategy. It's not super scalable, it's rather expensive. But if you're early, it's probably the fastest way to try and start conversations. Right, yeah, because when you're early, you, you, you should be doing things that don't scale. You should yeah. be taking advantage of all these kind of hacks to learn faster. So yeah, I almost think at the beginning, you have to be doing outbound. Right. It'd be crazy to start with a complete inbound strategy because you don't even know what you're trying to target, right? right. You haven't and had it, the conversation. Right, and your risk is that you spend a million dollars in a whole content strategy right. only to find that, oops, I was targeting the wrong set of customers <laughs> right. with the wrong message, whatever right. it is. Right. So why not do something that doesn't scale, put people on the phone and learn, right? We talked about it's about finding those things that work and then scaling them. Not doing 100 things, but doing the three things that really work. But how you find that out is through trial and error and actually leveraging sales development, outbound phone calls uh, is a great way to learn. Yeah, I mean, I think the other interesting thing about, about inbound strategy, it takes time for those, it's, it's, uh, to, for those strategies to start delivering results, right? right. I mean, you implement, you know, an, an SEO strategy, and how, how long typically rule of thumb? Six months. Six months. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a long, long time. long time. That's an eternity in a startup, right. right? So you almost have to be doing some outbound work simultaneously. Right. Um, but I think, to your point, as you start to scale, the nice thing about the inbound is it scales much more efficiently. Much lower cost to lead, right? right. So right. think of outbound very quick, you know, to learn and, and, and get to some pipeline, uh, but high sort of cost per opportunity, right. as opposed to inbound, which takes much longer to get going, but much lower cost per opportunity. And I also think like the value of inbound too is that if you can create a message that can resonate, whether it's in a, uh, in, in a display ad, whether it's in uh, content that you put out there, it really forces you to distill the problem and really get at it. Uh, which ultimately, you know, serves to be valuable for the whole company, including any outbound strategy. So it all sort of begins to work kind of in concert. The inbound then gives some air cover. It all starts to kind of work as you, you know, get, uh, get bigger. Wow, this has been an awesome conversation about really, you know, how do you get leads? 
uh, you know, really trying to focus more on the opportunity, not just the, the lead. Yeah. So in summary, I guess what I'd recommend people do, figure out what works and double down. Don't try and peanut butter yourself across 100 things. Figure out what works for your company, depending on if you're mature or if you're... In a mature market. Mature market or new market. New market, right. Uh, early on, leverage outbound while building your inbound strategy. Leverage your customers to tell your story. Right, really to have the customers tell the problem and not focus on the solution yet because it's really about getting that conversation started initially. That's right. Super. All Good right, luck well, to you all. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you found it interesting, please subscribe. If you like it, make sure to share it with your friends. If you've got a suggestion for a topic for this podcast or even a video series, then tweet me. My handle's easy. It's Ryan Floyd, all one word. Or send me an email or even leave a comment on my YouTube channel. All right. Until next time, thanks. Be safe. Thank you for listening. Visit youtube.com, ask a VC for a video version of this podcast.